So what if you just let yourself feel it? You trusted that it's coming up time and time again because your body wants to let go. What if on that day you decided that, okay, I'm going to let myself feel this and see the difference? And if you can't, what can you say to yourself to make you feel like you can? Dating can be a total minefield. Trust me, I'm a love coach. But it doesn't have to be. I'm Lucy Cavendish and I'm the later data. I'm single in my 50s. I've got kids and I'm busy, but I really want to go out and meet people and find out all about dating. But it's moved on since I was in my 20s and I'm keen to know what else is out there and what are other ways of doing things. From Aura Studios, this is Later Data, a podcast for the curious, exploring everything across the dating spectrum from online to up close and very personal. This is the final episode of this series of Later Data, and we've talked so much about how we navigate sex and relationships with other people. So I wanted to finish up by talking about the relationships we have with ourselves. As a love coach, the main thing I know, the one thing I really know is that the only person that can really help us out and really love us and really look after us is actually ourselves. Um, And quite often people tell me that they're fearful of never meeting anyone, of being lonely. And I say the same answer and it doesn't go down that well, which is you can't be lonely if you're okay with who you are. And, and I'm not saying we've got to love ourselves totally because that's deeply irritating when people say that because we're made up of many things, good things, bad things, you know, joy, happiness, love, sex, envy, hatred, anger. You know, it's a wonderful mix of a whole. But at the end of the day, the ability to know ourselves and settle with who we are is vitally important to go forward to have a full, vibrant, extraordinary life and to create wonderful, extraordinary relationships, whether that's with yourself, another person, six other people, whoever. That's where we begin. Today, I'm talking to Kerry O'Sullivan. Kerry works with people using energy alignment and tantric embodiment coaching. So Kerry, good morning. Morning. So first of all, tell me about what it is that you do. So I work with women. I call myself a love, sex and pleasure goddess now. I've kind of changed my title now and again. <laughs> That's who I am at the moment. Love, sex and pleasure goddess. And I work with women and couples to connect them to their truth, to their inner essence and how they can access this fabulous delicious sexual energy in their body to activate and awaken the real them you know the real person that's underneath all the labels and all of the armor that they might carry in life and how they can get to the truth of who they really are so they can manifest the life that they desire that sounds amazing (laughs) that's a little piece i'm signing up already (laughs) i want to manifest what i desire So tell me, how did you get into this line of work? You're a goddess. So how did you get into this line of being this wonderful goddess? I worked in the corporate sector six years ago. So I I used to do something very, very different to what I do now. And there was a day where I just had this big light bulb, I suppose, big kick up the butt that basically said, life's too short and you need to move you need to move forward you need to leave your job and my one of my best friends was dying of cancer and it was a real like awakening that tomorrow life could change like you don't know what card you're going to be dealt tomorrow so 
I just handed my notice in without a job to go to or anything. And everyone thought I was absolutely loopy. And they were like, what's happened? What do you mean you haven't got a job to go to? I was like, I just know that I'm meant to do something different. And so off I went after my, my three months notice. And when I started to go into silence from this really busy, busy world that I was on, the hamster wheel, really busy, work hard, play hard. And all of a sudden I was there was me no emails, no, no anything, no clients. And it was like, oh, like, who am I? I basically picked up a magazine one day and found a meditation teacher. And I thought, oh, I fancy giving that a go. Meditation, I've heard is pretty good. And I've never really been good at sitting still. So I thought I'd give that a go. And we went into these like deep meditations for like 20 minutes. And I remember just going off into these like sexual fantasies and there I was this raw like sexual goddess in these in these meditations and I was thinking whoa I didn't expect this where's all this come from and I remember saying to my meditation teacher is this normal is this why people love meditating she was like don't worry about it don't think too much into it just be with what there is and then shortly after that I embarked on like a self-development journey where I went on this 10-month journey to like delve into who was I? What did I think? What did I feel? Who was I as an individual? And it was at that point that I started to realize that I never really loved who I was. So if I took away the job, took away all the things I did for charity, all the things that I did for others, when it was just me, I didn't love who I was. And it was a real shock, actually, because I'd kept myself so busy that I never knew that I didn't love who I was. And it was only when everything was stripped back that these things started to come up. And then further on in the journey, I started to get like, so I was wondering, why don't I love myself very much? Where has this all come from? What is this all about? And I started to get flashbacks and memories of when I was younger, I was sexually abused and I was assaulted when I was 17. And and I'd forgotten about these things my entire life. So these all came up and uh, it's memories and flashbacks. And I, at first I was so confused. I kind of ran for the hills. I tried to do everything to, to numb myself from these memories. And it, I kind of realized why this sexual stuff was coming up for me. It was because there was this part of me in my life, this, you know, all this sexual abuse and things that had happened to me as a child that I'd suppressed and I had no love for myself because there, I was fueled with shame and I was fueled with so much. Then I just carried on in that journey. And someone recommended that I went and saw a tantric practitioner. They said, you know, I've heard they're really good to help with people with sexual trauma. And so I did. And I was absolutely blown away by the experience. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is why I'm here. I am meant to be doing this to help other women to set them free from their past, from their traumas. And it was just like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps now just saying it. It was that moment where I was like, this is what I've been searching for. I'm so sorry to hear of everything that happened to you, but it's obviously brought you to a place of huge awakening in, in your soul purpose. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I really truly believe that everything you go through in your life is destined it's kind of meant to happen it's what shapes you and so I've never really wanted to carry that label of someone who's like having to talk about what I went through in the past because what I what my message is very clear that I want to get out there in the world now is you don't have to be that label that story you can be who you want to be 
And so what can we learn? What can we get from that history? What can we, how can we feel empowered from our stories to then go forward into our lives? There's so much in this because often I see clients who are really busy and I always ask them to slow down and see what they're running from. You know, why are we so busy? And people say, I've got to earn money. I've got to do this. I'm like, stop. You know, there's something going on that means you're not letting yourself calm down a bit. And we can change our narratives. We don't have to be our story, even if the story is a very tragic one. We can work through that. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about is quite often when I work with couples who are finding sex quite difficult, I suggest they go and see a tantric sex practitioner and everyone raises their eyebrows because they think of Sting, who said eight million years ago something about tantric sex. So can you tell us a bit about tantra and tantric sex and and how you work with people? I think there's such a misconception about what tantra is. And so for me, when I went on my journey, I obviously found Tantra massage and I didn't really know what it was. And I understood that there was, you're using sexual energy to heal the body, but I was like, well, I don't really understand what that means. So from a tantric massage perspective, when you access this energy in your body, that is so freaking powerful because it brings life into this world, right? That's how powerful sexual energy is. It's your life force energy. And when you when you work with Tantra and with Tantric Massage, you're activating this energy to bring the body to a place of kind of bliss and a place where you feel weightless and you feel like anything is possible because you're absorbing yourself into this beautiful energy. And what happens when you get to that place of bliss and pleasure and you start to surrender to receiving love in that way, the body lets go of what's in the way of you receiving that love even more, even deeper. And so from, from, for Tantra, for me, it's all about connection. How can we bring ourselves to this moment so we can feel what is alive in us? And whether that's pain or whether that's love or whether that's pleasure, how can we allow ourselves to forget about what's gone, forget about what's ahead of you, but how can we bring ourselves to here? And so that's why Tantra and the Tantric principles are so powerful. And when I work with couples, it's like, how can I get them to really see each other as they are now in that vulnerability? How can they adopt these practices where it cuts out all the ego, cuts out all the noise and just gets to what's important? What's alive in me now? What is happening in my body right now? How do I feel? And even that is huge for people because they they're like, what do you mean, what do I feel? I don't know what you mean by that. No, I feel angry. Okay, but how does that feel in your body? Quite a lot of people struggle to say what they feel and they really struggle to locate it in their body. So how do you help people get through those blocks, those energy blocks? We're so used to being our head energy and especially when you're in that place of trying to protect yourself or trying to stop yourself from feeling what's in the body, it's easy to move all your energy up to your head. How I teach people how to do it, the simplistic of that is, I teach them to breathe, I teach them to make sound out of their mouths and make the sound that their body wants to make and I teach them to move. How can I move my body? How can I allow myself to move however my body wants to or even to like fake it till I make it? How can I just do something that's really silly and like jump around and really just change the dynamic of my energy by moving, by sounding, by being silly, by laughing, by accessing an emotion like rage that you're not used to accessing? How can I do that? 
And you do that by just doing something that's not the norm. What do you feel causes blocks in people, causes these energy blocks? Is suppression. Is like telling themselves in that moment, whenever something happens to them that they feel is too much for them, that they put a lid on it, that they say, I'm going to edit myself. I'm not going to allow myself to feel this emotion fully. So I'm just going to park it. And at some point I might deal with it. And then they don't. And then something else happens. And they keep telling themselves that I'm not allowed. And whether that's conditioning or whether that's themselves, like whether someone else has told them or whether they've told themselves, I'm not allowed to feel this in its fullness. So I'm just going to put a lid on it and hope that it goes away. But it doesn't go away because the body keeps the score. And so the, the women and the couples that I work with, and men actually, I work with, I work with lots of people, they don't realise that they, their body's holding on to these blocks, the physical stuff. So there's a place for counselling, there's a place for the talk-based therapies, but where tantric massage and the embodiment work that I do kind of stands aside from all of that is that we're talking to the body and sometimes you're not consciously aware of what the body is holding on to. And only when you start to relax and start to feel held and witnessed and safe, safety is huge in this, are you able to then go, okay. And it's not even a conscious decision. The body just decides. So sometimes the body just takes over and you start to cry, you start to yell, you start to scream and you go, and a lot of my clients go, where did that come from? I, I don't understand. You don't need to understand. Just accept that the body wanted to let go. You know, it's a head thing to want to understand it. Yes, it is. And we get very stuck in our heads. And although I'm a therapist, I have to say a lot of that is around the head and not around the body. And sometimes we need a lot more body work, what's happening in your body. But people find that very difficult. So how does someone recognize in themselves that they've got these blocks, that they've got these energy blocks? How will they recognize that they need this sort of work? What happens a lot of the time, and I can talk from my own experience and my clients, is overwhelm is a huge one. When you feel like you're going to get to the, you're getting to that top of that pressure cooker and it's happening more and more. When the littlest things feel like they're going to tip you over the edge, you know, like the children do something and you're just thinking, oh, I'm going to lose it, or you do lose it. And you find yourself getting to that point where everything just feels a little bit intense. That's one side of it. The other part of it is... And this is something that I don't think there's enough press about this kind of thing is that they put a ceiling on how much they can experience in terms of pleasure, you know, how much they can experience when it comes to joy and things that are happy. So they might be somewhere, family occasion or with friends, and they feel themselves holding back. Uh, they they want to go in. They want to enjoy themselves. They want to laugh. But there's something in them that goes... I've had enough now, actually. I've laughed a little bit. So that's okay. I'm just, I'm fine. I've laughed a bit. I'm done. Yeah, it's cool. I've, I've had a bit of fun here. But there's always more. There's always more pleasure. There's always more joy. There's always more happiness. There's always, always more yumminess to be experienced. But they put a ceiling on that, how much I'm allowed or how much I will let myself feel. They'll notice that because they'll feel that, that peace in them that stops themselves from getting up on the dance floor when they really want to dance or, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. I have people that say, when I get happy, I get terrified because I feel it's going to get taken away from me. So it's better I don't experience it in the first place than have the pain of mm. it being taken away. So the lid goes on. 
I, I'm not going to let myself experience this because it's so painful when it goes. But as we know, all these things are fleeting. They come in, we experience them fully, then we let them go. That's part of what it is to be a self-actualized human being, <laughs> but difficult. Exactly. And the, the fear that they experience, it's all energy. So what I teach people is these tools so they can help themselves. It's not about them coming to see me all the time to, to heal them. It's like, I'm going to give you the tools. And I'm going to teach you how to move this yourself. So when you feel that happening in your body, you breathe, you acknowledge, you speak to that little inner child in you that's scared to get up on that dance floor and you say, it's all right. I know you're scared. I'm scared, but let's do this. You don't suppress her. You speak to her. You speak to that part of you and you hold her hand and you jump up on that dance floor together. That sounds brilliant. Uh, and where do you start with this sort of work? It starts with awareness. So the thing for me is I, I speak to a lot of people. Yeah, like a lot of people come my way and you have to be ready to do the work. And so the first step is having that awareness that this is happening to me and I'm ready to acknowledge everything that happens. And I'm ready to lean into the things that feel uncomfortable because it's the things that feel uncomfortable and it's the vulnerable parts of yourself that want to cry and scream and the parts that you maybe hide from the world. When you start to allow yourself to be seen in those parts of you and you're ready to do that, that's the beginning. Tell me about the intimacy work. Do you work with single people and couples? Yeah. So I do individual experiences for men or women, um, which are tantric experience, which are four hour, three to four hour experiences. I always allow space for integration and stuff. Um, and I also work with couples. So I'll talk about the individuals first. So when someone comes to me individually, they come to see me in person. And it's, it's an experience that starts with a really detailed chat around consent and boundaries. So where are they on that day? So they may feel, they fill out a form before they come, but on that actual day when they're here in person, what feels like a yes to them and what feels like a no? And that's really important because sometimes people sign up for my services and they think, I'm going to have it all. I'm just going to go for it because I've paid for it. And it's like, this is all about listening to the body, right? And sometimes you might think you want to go all in and have everything, but maybe the body's a no that day. And so it's about honoring that. And we talk quite a lot about that at the beginning. And then once they've had a shower, we then go into some connection exercises where we start with some eye gazing, some touch-based exercises, some honoring of them, of their body. So they're able to start that process of surrendering into being seen and to be held by me in that space. And then I go into the full body massage. And so the option is to, the invitation is to have everything massaged. So I can massage the buttocks, I can massage the breasts of a woman, the yoni, no, the pussy of the, of the woman or the lingam cock of the man. And it really is dependent on what feels good to them and what's in consent of them. And we have that conversation at the beginning. So if someone's a maybe to having some intimate touch, it's a no, yeah? Mm. Because if they're feeling like, oh, I'm not sure, that's a no. And so we have that conversation at the beginning and we don't change that boundary during the, during the experience. It stays that way because it's really important because sometimes when you're 
altered in terms of your energy. You might think, yeah, I'm going to change my mind. And then afterwards, you might feel quite traumatized by that. So it's really important. And the whole way through, I'm in communication. It's not one of those massages where you just lay down and get woken up three hours later. It's it's a two-way communication. How does this feel? What type of pressure would you like? What's coming up? What are you feeling? And we're talking about everything that's there. So sometimes things are blocked. Like there might be a blockage on the breasts, for instance, because they're really connected to the heart. And a lot of women are not even aware that their breasts are so tense and there's so much tension held in the breasts. So it's normally an area that where a lot of stuff can come up for women and they don't realise. Um, so sometimes we'll spend longer on the breast, sometimes we'll spend longer on the yoni, depends on the person. So every single experience is different. And then when I work with couples, what I do with couples is I, I take them through a process for them to connect with each other And then I teach them how to connect to the body in a tantric way, how to connect with presence, how to connect with touch. And it's not about going towards a goal. It's not about trying to get an orgasm. It's about accessing the energy in the body and getting used to listening to the body and seeing how the body responds, as well as what's in consent at the time. So I know you do um, yoni massage, but what is it and what does it involve? So, I mean, everyone's really like, lots of people want to talk to me about the yoni massage, right? And that is just one element. So, but people don't just turn up for a yoni massage. The yoni massage is part of the whole experience, if that's something that someone's happy to receive. And so the actual yoni part is a massage of the outer, the the vulva, so the outer lips, the inner lips, the clitoris, and then um, inside of the vagina as well. And so it's a massage of the vagina walls and we're working with all of the vulva, all of the inside of the vagina and working with the kind of different types of touch, the sensitivities that come up, the pain that might be in that part of the body, the pleasure that might be in that part of the body. And we're breathing in and working with what's what's there and seeing what, what she has to say on that day. So does this take quite a lot out of you? Because you must be having to be highly attuned to the bodies you're working with and also very careful you know because there is you know if you're working with a man or a woman they might feel this you know that it's sexual I mean it's a complicated area isn't it what you're doing yeah I'm I'm very very clear at the beginning of my experiences that it is a one-way touch so they don't they don't touch me sometimes they're able to put like a a let put a hand on my leg or something like that but they have to ask me Um, so that's really clear at the beginning and in terms of it being sexual sexual or like arousing sometimes it is arousing so there's lots of arousal that can happen in the body but it's kind of like they're in charge they're 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 talking to me about what feels good what doesn't feel good and I'm sometimes I'm working with women a lot of the time that maybe have never experienced an orgasm so we're working with the breath we're working with the touch so they they're able to understand how do I like to be touched so it's not about me it's about me facilitating that energy within themselves and so I honestly I feel amazing after I've done these experiences I get so much out of them in terms of the 
the fullness that I see within them, the changes in my clients from the minute they walk in to when they go, like the difference in their faces, everything just changes, the energy changes. And I always feel completely alive after, after experience. But I've never been one of those um, practitioners that do back-to-back experiences. One a day is the maximum I will ever do. Um, and that's really important to me because my energy is important. So I've never kind of pushed myself to do more than that because it's important that I'm fully there with someone as well. I'm curious how you managed to A, get your first client, because this is much more around than it used to be. I mean, 20 years ago, if you'd said I'm a tantric sex practitioner and I do yoni massage, people would have gone, what on earth are you talking about? Now, I think it's a lot more in, not mainstream, but people are more aware of it. But when you gave up this high-flying job, then you thought, I don't know who I am. How did you get your first client? How did you go, look, I'm now... A tantric sex practitioner. <laughs> I don't even remember my first client, which is interesting because you've asked me that question. But when I, I trained in tantra over like a couple of years, so I trained in the actual massage for the whole body, and then I was assisting in the school for like another year, helping, not assisting and helping out and that sort of thing. And then I just I just put it out there on my social media. I think I was just like, I've trained in this. This is what I do. And I talked to a lot of practitioners that were just starting out. They always say to me, how did you like, how did you get the confidence? How did you learn all of this? And I just kept doing it. And at first people were like, Can I really come and see you and like get my bits out? And it was like, Yeah, you can, because it's what I do. It's like going to a doctor, you know, it's what I do. And I just started doing it more and more and more. And I you know, I've learned so much along the way and things have changed and how what I offer now like at first I used to try and stick to a routine that I got I got got taught and now I'm just intuitive with it now I don't need to think oh what do I need to do next you know I just work with the body and I've been doing it for nearly four years now so I just it's just what I do. So you've said you've learned a lot what are the key things you've learned? To trust in my own intuition to trust in like the things that come through to me. So I I know what someone's feeling. I know what to do to help support them for the energy to move through their body. And at first, I would maybe not have even said that or done something that I was kind of intuitively guided to do because I felt nervous. Whereas now I just, I know that it's okay and I trust in myself and I trust in what comes through. Now, often in sessions, spirits come in for instance and it's a part of me that I'm still kind of getting used to listening to people from the outside that spirits coming through and um, messages that come through for people and things like that and so I, I just trust in myself more I've also done so much training I've continually done training I go on really deep shamanic tantric deep dives for like seven days where I go really deep into the soul and I clear a lot of my own trauma and also ancestral trauma and lots of stuff that isn't mine and I'm I'm constantly leaning into stuff that happens within me and I'm constantly showing up online in my vulnerability as well as in my joy so I'm leading with that all the time it's how I live my life so I'm constantly learning through my own experiences. People come to you. What do they say they feel afterwards when they leave a session with you? What feedback do they give you? They feel lighter. Is is always the word that I get. Lighter, calmer, more centered, more embodied. Like they feel like they're they're back into their body. They feel like they're whole. That like they've come back to themselves. 
Yeah, and some, a lot of the time they feel quite open. So they can feel there's emotion still moving in their body, but it doesn't feel uncomfortable. It feels like it's needed and it's welcomed. I imagine there's a lot of tears sometimes. Definitely. As soon as I speak to someone on Zoom, almost eight times out of ten, I would say, like if I connect with them beforehand, I always talk to people before I see them in person, and they always cry. The minute I start speaking to someone, they cry a lot of the time, and they go, why am I crying? Why am I crying? Don't worry about it. Everyone cries when I speak to them. It's like it's like somehow I just look straight into their soul, and they just they just feel it, and it's like, and it's the first step. The minute they speak to me on the phone, it's the first step in them opening up. And the more they open up, the more they trust in the journey, the more they don't try and understand it and just be with what's there, the more they'll go, like deeper they'll go into the journey. So you're encouraging us all to have a, a good relationship with ourselves. What do you think are the most important things about that relationship? It's having space in your day to really acknowledge your truth so what is really going on with me today because the first step is to acknowledge that yourself for not someone else to like point it out or you're a bit moody today or you're a bit angry today or you, you you're in a bad mood you know to really acknowledge like what is in me now like how am I feeling now making space for that and then asking yourself how can I meet myself today How can I truly meet myself with love to connect to that part of me that needs this today? It's so important because it's the space piece. When I tell my clients, find five minutes, two times a day to check in, ask yourself, how am I? What do I need? They're like, huh? Five minutes? You're joking. I haven't got five minutes. Everyone's got five minutes. Yeah, but the, the thought of it. Um, a lot of my clients were so busy. Like I think similar to your clients, so busy, right? They can't imagine. It's like, do it when you're in the toilet. Do it in the shower. Like, find that time. You've got the time. And a lot of, uh, I think, the fear, again, it comes to fear, is if I stop and listen, or if I stop and feel, I might never stop crying. I might never stop being angry. So instead, I'll just keep going and going and going and going, and I'll stop it. Like one, and, it, and I know all this because it was me, right? <laughs> Six years ago, that was me. I never wanted to stop either. And I remember being in a choir. I was in a choir a few years ago, and I sang a verse, and it was like silence can seem so loud. Because when you stop and you listen, it can sometimes feel so overwhelming because there's so much going on. Because what the mind does is it says, they've stopped. Great. Let's give them everything now. But the mind does calm down. The more you listen and the more you stop and connect, the more you can meet yourself, things start to just become more at ease. And you start to see what's really going on. The big thing for me is how can you find little pauses to start you on the journey? If you're someone that who we're talking to you right now, how can I find little moments of pausing throughout my day? Just a moment. Start with that. So let's say someone wakes up in the morning and is feeling really, really sad, overwhelmingly sad. Maybe their response is to think, I can't do this right now. 
What would you suggest? I'm thinking about clients who say, I can't let myself be this sad or I can't let myself be this anxious because I'll be derailed by it and I will not survive it. I mean, I'm using very extreme language because I, what tools would you give people who wake up and they're not feeling joyous and happy and hoo-hoo? There's a practice and it's one that I love, love, love to do. So that moment you wake up, and I'm hoping by now, which I know won't be the case, their phones are not in the bedroom. Because I remember the days where I used to get up and check my phone half asleep, phones downstairs, out of your bedroom, away. So the first thing you do is you just, like you check in, you acknowledge. And if you feel like you're just about to burst into tears, to breathe into the body. So a really good practice is to breathe in through your feet. Your feet are like grounding energy. Imagine your feet are like the roots of a tree. And you breathe your energy in through your feet and you just travel that energy up your body and feel what's alive in your body. And then you let it out and you just breathe in and out of your body really gently. And that part of you that's like, I can't do this right now. Ask that part of you, why are you so scared? Like, what, what is it? Why can't we do this now? Quite often the response is, I don't know. People say to me, I ask myself and I don't have an answer. And then they get more into despair. Trust. Trust that these feelings and your body is trying to express itself. So think that the reason this keeps coming up and it's getting you in first thing in the morning because that's when you just wake up, right? The body's like, whoosh, here we go. Because the body wants to express itself. The body wants to release. And actually on the other side of that release is a part of you that's so calm and grateful that you've allowed yourself to do that. So what if you just let yourself feel it? You trusted that it's coming up time and time again because your body wants to let go. What if on that day you decided that, okay, I'm going to let myself feel this? and see the difference and if you can't what can you say to yourself to make you feel like you can and it could just be I love you I'm here I'm listening and and just see what happens it takes time though so that might be one morning the next time it happens you might say a couple of words and that might be it and then on that third morning that might be the day you let yourself go and know that it's a journey. So it takes time to feel that love. It takes time for you to trust that it's okay. But the more you get to know that part of you, that she keeps coming up because she wants to be expressed and witnessed, the more you realize that she is part of you. She's not the enemy. She's not the bad side. She's the part of you that wants to be heard and wants to be healed. So if someone's listening to this and they feel they might have a block, what should they do? They should acknowledge it. They should journal on it. Sometimes it depends on the type of block. It depends what sort of person you are as well, though, right? Because you might be someone that really loves to write. And if you can sense there's something happening in your body, one really lovely exercise is just to grab a journal, a bit of paper, and just journal. Just write it out. Don't, don't write a story. Just blur out whatever it is that you're feeling on paper. And that might feel really good for you. If you're not someone and you're feeling quite overwhelmed, you don't want to write it out, breathe into it. 
put your hand on where that feeling is in your body or that sense. Maybe it's in your throat. Maybe it's in your mind. This is a thought. Place your hands on there and just breathe into it and just say, I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you. And then see how what happens after that. For me, there's also something about being attentive, being curious, taking some time. I often walk in nature. Quite often, I, I mean, and for me, nature right now is providing us with a whole show of, you know, it's like, look at me, I'm producing all this wonderful stuff for you. And people, I take people on walks and they don't notice these beautiful rhododendrons flowering. And I'm like, listen, there's this incredible thing around you, but you're not attentive to what's happening. And I imagine it must be the same about our bodies. Yeah. And and I think that, again, when you're in nature, to do it in silence, because you get to hear the birds, you get to be more aware of your senses. And an exercise that I always encourage my clients to do is to take their shoes and socks off and place them on the grass. And even if it's raining outside or it's snowing, doesn't matter what, what weather it is, but connect your energy into nature, into the grass, especially if your head is like busy, busy, busy. It is the best way to ground yourself, get in the shower, rinse rinse off the water, jump in the sea or the river, ideally. That's what I do. I love sea swimming. Um, anything that's going to connect you to the rawness of nature, to that power that's all around us that, like you say, people kind of go about their day and they're almost not even aware that there's an outside. In the pandemic, did you see people by Zoom or is all your appointments in person if people want to come and, and, and see you how might they do that I work with people all over the world and I do I can do lots online like all the embodiment stuff that I do is I'm teaching you a process I'm teaching you how to listen to your body so we can absolutely do that online I have a membership the goddess awakening membership um, which is a monthly membership where I see people online and I provide them with workbooks and things like that and then I do my in-person experiences and VIP days so it really depends on location and and kind of what what's going on with them as well so I always speak to people on zoom first to get a sense of it and whether there's some that they're right to work with me um and whether they're ready as well if people are listening to this they want to find you where are they going to find you if you go to my website, kerryosullivan.co.uk, or I'm on Instagram, kerryosullivangoddess. And I've got my book on Amazon in various formats. My book's called Surrender to Your Truth. And that's on Amazon. So they're the best ways to get me. Kerry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's fascinating. And you've obviously doing incredibly well. You've gone from naught to 60 really quickly. It's really impressive. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I found it totally fascinating to talk to Kerry. I found it inspiring and deeply moving to hear the work that she does and also to hear of her own process her own journey from being a corporate woman to someone who now has clients all over the world teaching them tantra and massage and yoni massage and all the things she's just talked about and mainly what I've learned and will continue to think about is my relationship with my own body overall what have I learned from these wonderful podcasts and all the fascinating people we've heard from I've learned the main things to be authentic 
to be true to ourselves, to be open-minded about what we want, maybe think a little bit about experimenting more than we might have done in the past, but also to love. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to take us all through. And that's something I'm going to hold very close to myself and keep on practicing on a daily basis. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Later Data. Please subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts to hear the next instalment of where my Later Data adventures take me. And if you've enjoyed this, please rate or leave a lovely review. And if you want to find me online, it's easy and not that easy, but I'm at lucylovecoach.co.uk. And while you're there, please follow Aura Studios on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. See you next time. Later, daters. Mm-hmm.